0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Rubber gloves have touched so much dirty stuff. And the only way to put on rubber gloves is to touch the rubber gloves. So then you take the dirty stuff that the rubber gloves are living with, and then you put them on your fingers, and then you stuff them into rubber, and then you sweat, and then it all goes into your skin. So you're basically... Much worse off than if you use your mouth. Drift, with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Porter.
2: Hello! Hello! Here we are, episode 101. Now let's celebrate! Celebrate good times.
0: Come on! <laughs>
2: So uh, we should just mention off the bat that um, after this week's episode, we're going to be away for two weeks. Annabelle and I are going on a little holiday together. We're going potholing in the Peak (laughs) District. No, we're not. We're not. Why not?
1: Oh, are we? No, we're (laughs) not. No, you're going on a holiday and I'm going on a holiday
2: Yeah, but not together No We have been on holiday together yeah, in the past, lovely but, but Yeah, lovely time, we're good
1: holiday mates Yeah, many, yeah. many times, yeah. but uh,
2: not for some years Not really since you got together with your lover And I got together with my now wife Yeah,
1: because they hate each other <laughs> <laughs> They don't really
2: or oh, or oh, he hates me and she hates you. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, there, there oh. are many different oh. permutations. Yeah. Yeah, but but anyway, uh, um, we're not going to be here for a couple of weeks. Sorry about that, especially in the light of the fact that we just uh, we just missed a week recently due to mm. technical issues. But there you go. Um, so uh, so that's that. Somebody knocked on my door earlier on, mm-hmm. which is you know always terrifying. Yes. And there was a. Uh, I opened the door, and there was a lady, probably a bit younger than we are, and she said, do, "Do you live here?" I said, "Yeah." She said, "I've I've come to talk to you about your hedge." Okay. I said, "What?" She said, "And and we we've got this hedge out the front. It turns out it's called a box hedge, and there's these particular type of caterpillar that never lived in this country who who moved over here recently." <laughs>
1: <laughs> you look confused saying it like you don't quite sure if you was saying is right. I know,
2: but even the way that I'm saying it as well, like right. there were these caterpillar who decided to, you know, mm. we're gonna emigrate for a better life. But right. they eat this particular uh type of hedge and the Royal Horticultural Society have, have been panicking about it and Ooh. no one quite knows what to do. But it's like locusts have been through it. So we had this lovely hedge out the front when we bought the house and then earlier this year, um, my son, who's the three, noticed these caterpillars, and he thought they were very sweet. And I thought they are very sweet, They're like these nice little green things. And then a couple of days later, our hedge, which had been <laughs> a nice green hedge, I mean, it, it looked like it was it come out the other side of a nuclear winter. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so. Anyway, this um, this lady had knocked on the door. She said, "Your your hedge. Am uh, I right in thinking that you've had these particular caterpillars?" I say, "Yes." She said, we've had the same thing, but I've discovered something amazing that you can order. It's called, and then she gives me the name of some kind of pesticide. Mm. So it's called something like Zenitril. Mm-hmm. And she says, you, you just have to order it and then you spray it. Just get a, a garden pump spray and spray it and it'll fix it and your hedge will come back to life. Right? So I'm sort of touched that she would have knocked on the front door hmm. and said this to a stranger i said that's so so kind of you hmm. and then i make a joke i say you're not a traveling door-to-door Zenatril <laughs> salesperson are you right right and she sort of goes mm, no no i just you know uh, we're neighbors and i thought i'd, I'd tell you about it hmm. i'm like oh god that's so nice at which point my wife who is upstairs in the bathroom brushing her teeth or whatever it she's doing hmm. shouts down he was only joking about you being a door-to-door Zenotrill salesperson. Oh, no, 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 she
1: was embarrassed by you. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I've I've obviously done such a bad job of trying to have a bit of friendly neighborly banter oh. that my wife has to be the grown-up and and explain that I was making a joke. It's not a good feeling when somebody has to explain you, <laughs> you are making a joke. is no, it? No, no, no. Uh, so so that happened.
1: So we you done the genocide then? No, no. I oh, mean, not yet. No. <laughs>
2: I do feel <laughs> awful about it because I am that person I won't even kill a mosquito mm. but I will you know it's taken me years to get to this point but I will kill the moths that eat clothes okay uh, you know I, I I go crazed actually killing those things mm-hmm. and I do think I'm going to have to spray some of this stuff yeah. in the hedge outside because I think we're lowering property values
1: <laughs> on that's, our street. That's why she knocked on your door. Make no mistake about it. <laughs> All this kindness of a neighbour.
2: <laughs> oh, something even worse than that happened to, uh, to me this this week. Go on. I was sitting in uh, a bar with my wife. We'd, we'd gone out. She had something to celebrate. So we'd gone out for a little drink and we were having a drink and I picked up my glass to, to drink out of it. And guess what awful thing happened? What? The coaster was stuck to the bottom of the bus. Oh, grass. no, it's the worst. Why is that so embarrassing? <laughs> so embarrassing. You feel like such an amateur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel like all eyes, it's like, like you're in a saloon or something. A saloon. Like All eyes in the place are on you <laughs> yeah, whenever yeah. that happens. Like you've
1: never been in one before. Yeah. yeah you don't, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. know quite how to lift up a drink, <laughs> yeah. it's gone very wrong for you. Oh.
2: So that's it. I'm, I'm nev- sorry. Never, never going out again.
1: No. Yeah. You're adrift.
0: Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, everything that you always wanted, and a friend that was with you all the time, who is also watching you closely, judging.
2: Please share your story of trying to fit in like a normal human being and failing. You know, has anything worse ever happened to you than trying to pick up a drink (laughs) and the coaster still being stuck to the bottom of the glass uh email excuse me email us it's hello at adriftpodcast.com
1: First one's from Scott. I used to run a business with a partner. And after seven years, we decided to close it and go our own separate ways. There was no big argument or falling out. Things just kind of naturally ran their course. And so we very amicably, we split the business assets and clients and moved on to our own things. The fact that we had split meant that we then immediately became competitors to each other. And strangely, We have never spoken a word to each other since the day we closed the door to the office. This is a bit weird as my partner lives so close to me that we can practically look into each other's houses. The closing of our business happened five years ago and then for summer holidays two years ago, my family decided to take a trip to Florida. As we stood in the queue to board our plane for the nine hour flight, my wife said to me, isn't that your old business partner and his family? They were stood about 10 families ahead of us in the queue, and I was unsure about how I felt. We were on a special family holiday, and I didn't want to have any awkwardness to set it off to a bad start. Immediately, I began to panic that we'd be seated next to each other on the plane and be forced into difficult conversation. By this time, we'd become more than just competitors and would personally consider us enemies in a business capacity. Thankfully, they boarded the plane ahead of us and we were seated towards the front. Our seats, safely at the back, meant that all we had to do was walk past them. This was awkward as we made eye contact in a look that went on far too long. But (laughs) it was then over and we all sat down for the flight. I won't go on about my nine-hour worries about them being in the same hotel as us or about continuously bumping into them in the parks, because the best part of the story is what followed. Remember that they were at the front of the plane and us towards the rear. This meant they were off first and therefore further in the queue at the American Airport Security. As we joined the legendary long and slow queue ourselves, we ended up in a position where we could see that we would inevitably cross past each other as the long queue snaked back and forth about eight times. I decided by this point that the best way to do all this was just to be nice, put a smile on my face and to acknowledge him and say hello, just to get on and have it not spoil anyone's holiday. We got closer and closer and I stood there smiling, prepared for even a handshake even. But as we approached, my partner fully ignored me. I'm not saying ignored in a way that means he hadn't recognised us, as by this point, this was simply not possible. But he'd obviously chosen that the thing to do from his perspective was just to deny that I existed and carry on. I felt irked by this as I put myself into a position ready to shake his hand and wish him a nice holiday. And so I decided to turn the following 30 minutes of queuing into a game seven more times we passed each other. And each time I developed the courage to stand more obviously awaiting him and ready to say hello. My enthusiasm for politeness only fueled his opposite. And by the end, my wife and I were almost laughing as they continued to ignore us. It was a deeply awkward moment, but one that I was quite pleased that I dealt with how we did thankfully after leaving the airport we never saw each other again and to this day we've still never spoken it's a weird feeling
2: if you're ever further forward or further backward on a plane than somebody else and you have to pass them or have them pass you because if you're towards the front I'm not saying like you're sitting in the posh seats at the front like even if you're just <laughs> uh, further forward there's something where it's like oh you think you're better than there's me a
1: hierarchies yeah, yeah, there. yeah 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 they're ridiculous <laughs> okay and then this is from rich Your recent call for toilet-based stories, this won't be for some people, by the way, (laughs) i you're very, 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 very very sensitive. Your recent call for toilet-based stories couldn't have come at a more opportune time. In my teens, I was passionately anti-American. I attended Stop the War marches on Parliament Square, etc., and thought Bush Jr. was a devil incarnate. Time ticked on and I ended up marrying, you guessed it, a wonderful American. (laughs) And so for the last 12 years, we've been taking annual trips to Michigan, where I've enjoyed the finest company and hospitality from pretty much everyone I meet. This year, we took the children to New York for the first time. They are five and seven and were really keen on seeing the Statue of Liberty. So we bought tickets to go to the island and even climbed the plinth that she stands on. It was amazing and inspiring and the museum was wonderful too. It also had some clean and quiet toilets. Having not had the chance to take my morning constitutional that day, I left the family learning about liberty and the American dream while I went to download my dispatches toot suite. Such was the volume of my You Download
2: like my dispatch. <laughs>
1: such such was the volume of my emission that it wasn't fully submerged, and so the smell was powerful to say the least. I finished my business, stood up, and turned to flush. I saw that it was a fancy motion detecting flush, pun not intended, and so I waved my hand above the sensor. Nothing I started waving like a madman, nothing with great relief, I saw there was a manual override, and that wasn't working either. I pressed, I waved. I waved, I pressed, nothing. I thought, maybe the sensor recognises the opening of the door, so I may as well wash my hands. I was wrong. While I was doing so, several other men came in, walked to the stool, opened the door and staggered backwards. I'm pretty sure I was redder than Liberty is Green. (laughs) I walked out, out of the door of the museum, down the steps, back up the steps and muttered to the park ranger, there's a problem with one of the toilets in the men's restroom. Okay, I'll inform maintenance, he replied. And that made me die a little bit more. We got on the boat. We got on the next boat off the island. A wry smile returned to my face as I thought how delighted my teenage self would be to know that one day I would leave a steaming turd at the feet of the Statue of Liberty. But my grown up self is still a little bit dead inside.
2: Share your story with us, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com.
0: Later, when you go for a walk, you can take the show with you so that you're not left with your thoughts because we know what's going on there and it's just... it's. It's quite scary. You should probably consult a doctor or you should maybe get a dog and then walk with your dog or steal a dog. But just um, dogs can help you because they suck up your dangerous thoughts. Adrift
1: with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port.
2: I am ready for yet another way in which you are not a fully functioning
1: adult. Part 31. Live chats. Now, when I say live chats, I don't mean face-to-face chats with people. I mean when you want to contact a company and you click on the words live chat (laughs) and you're then direct messaging with a representative of that company. And there is something about them that turns me from a normal, rational, fairly decent person into an animal. This week I had to contact my mobile phone company about reception problems I've been having in my home for over a month. And this is the third time I've contacted them about the same issue – Once I'd explained this, the person I was chatting to said, or rather wrote, I understand your concern. Please accept this as a formal apology from our end. I wish I could go back in the past and change what has happened on the account. However, at this moment, I will get this fixed. He's basically saying that if he had a time machine, he wouldn't go and meet dinosaurs or meet Cleopatra or Henry VIII or kill Hitler or go forward in time and get the lottery numbers or see the world a thousand years from now. He just wishes he could go back one month to his own offices and his own job and change it so this wasn't the third time I'd had to contact them on the same issue. And even the decision to go in a time machine, just for me, is incredibly selfless. So I'm imagining it'd be kind of an early days time machine. There's some risk involved here, like getting stuck in a different time zone or even dying, all for me. So these are, I think you'll agree, some pretty impressive commitments to my problem. I feel valued and understood, but I still just said, OK, thanks. <laughs> because before I'd even got to this point, he was the third person I'd spoken to, as the first couldn't help, although they did try and upsell something to me, which was quite annoying. And then they put me through to the wrong department. So, by the third person who wanted to go back in time to help me, I am not at my best. So, if all I can say is, okay, thanks to him about this, imagine what I'm like two and a half hours later, two and a half hours of this. Here are some phrases from my chat that I got from the transcript sent to me after. I am not proud of this. I'm embarrassed, but I think we're in a safe place. <laughs> I want to speak to someone now who can tell me the truth. The truth, like, like it's Watergate or something. I'm going to ask you one more time. Is there work on a mast or not? You're just trying to get rid of me. Oh, another boring person with their boring phone. Sick of it. You don't care about the real people with their real problems and how a phone could be a lifeline for them. What do I even mean by this? Especially in relation to me. What are my real problems? And why is my phone a lifeline? I'm not housebound. I, I happily go to Sainsbury's about four times a week. Why do you
2: think the other person on the, on the uh, end of the live chat is one of the elite as well?
1: <laughs> Here's the final one, and it's just one word, and it's killer. Cold. Their response to that, please be assured that we've escalated this issue. I think it might have been this repeated phrase that helped me to lose my mind. This constant talk of escalating the issue. What does it even mean? And when I asked what they meant by it, they just kept repeating it. I don't think they knew either. Which to be fair to me, very briefly is quite frustrating. But what happens to me in these live chats? Why did I even stay chatting for two and a half hours? I could have written the first chapter of a novel or looked up an implemented way to use less plastic or educated (laughs) myself better on the whole Brexit situation. It becomes like the only thing in the world that has any purpose or meaning that I get answered from someone who probably isn't in a position to help me really. And I think it's the anonymity of just writing it, like the same reason why some people are so horrible on Twitter, and I tell you what is really wrong. Live chat. Chat. Chat is so the wrong word. Is anyone ever having a chat on these <laughs> things? Or is it just people like me trying to restrain themselves from writing everything in capitals? <laughs> the worst thing is they signed me up after two and a half hours to email alerts about my mask that they were apparently working on. That night, six hours later, I got an email saying that after a month of work, it had just finished. And my phone is fine now. Totally unrelated to my live chat, which is obviously a total waste of my time. But let me tell you something the three days after that chat, the home button on my phone stopped, stopped working, and I'm very suspicious. <laughs> do you think they had the power to do that? It's fine now, but the three days after, it didn't work.
2: Shoo, 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 shoo. I, oh, I forgot last week on episode 100 mm-hmm. to thank our Patreon supporters who, okay. yeah. you know, I know you shouldn't have favourites. <laughs>
1: I think it's okay. But the, you know, they, they
2: they are our favourites. Yeah. If you support us on Patreon, you are our favourites. It enables us to keep doing the podcast. Thank you so much if you support us on there. Um, and, uh, oh, God, I've just realised something.
1: Well, I was a little embarrassed to ask. Is, is, is are you thinking about the same thing that I'm thinking of? Is it the live episode? Yeah, yeah, you didn't do I've it. I
2: completely forgot to upload it. Is it ready? I've got the file. I got
1: Sort of really Well, why don't you do it while we're away? So that'd be a lovely treat for our during our time off.
2: Yes. Okay. I'll do that. I'm so sorry. My friend sent it to my friend who did the sound at the live show. Sent mm. it to me, mm. and then because I was working away in no. uh, Manchester, and then I was in Edinburgh. I, I meant to. Do it as a way of filling the long, lonely hours in the travel tavern. Yeah, but yeah. It, it completely slipped my mind. And I mean, you just heard it. If you rewind, you can hear the cogs of my brain realising what happened. I
1: saw your hand physically go to your mouth. You did, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So, I'm so sorry. Let me just double check it's there in downloads on my computer before I promise
1: anything. I'm sure it's somewhere. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have deleted it. That takes some effort. This, this is very yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so why, do, why don't we have put that out when we're away then?
2: There it is. Yep, got it. Yep. So, if
1: you're a Patreon supporter, that means you, you don't miss two weeks.
2: Yes. So, there we go. Uh, uh, I'm so sorry about that. I feel terrible. But, yeah, uh, we will have it for you. Um, there it is. It's, uh, it's 1.1 1. 1 gig, the file. Okay,
1: it's good to know. Do
2: you want to know what it's called? <laughs> yep. Off desk usable.
1: Usable. Yeah. I like it.
2: Yeah, so it's usable. That's good news, isn't it? And
1: then when we're back from our time away, Mm. we could do the Snaresport Ramble. So
2: have have you asked? You You asked him. He said yes. He did sort of say yes. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell if it was a genuine yes. Oh, I
1: see. Yeah, it'd be fine. fine.
2: Anyway, I'm so sorry about that. But yeah, uh, it'll be ready for you to listen to while we're away and I'm mortified mm. if you don't yet support us on Patreon but you would like to hear it while we're away uh, and get access to, to the video which is coming up, the Snaresbrook ramble and the stuff we've done in the past and get your own uh, Adrift title, mm. all this stuff and uh, more potentially, then go to patreon.com strokeadrift. adrift <laughs>
0: Please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's it's their breath. It's horrible.
1: A drift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle
2: Port. There's a homeless lady who sits outside our local 24-hour convenience store. It's got all the fruit and veg outside, and then she sits sort of opposite the door. And you know, I will often give her a bit of something, and uh, and almost always just say hello and ask how she is. Her name is Christina. The other day, I was on my way in there. She was there. She asked me if I had any change. I said, I I don't. I tapped my pocket and there was no change in there. And I just got my wallet out to double check what was in there. And there was a tenner and I thought, oh, I'm just going to give her the tenner and then pay on card when I get inside so so i do this and she's really pleased and it turns out it's the amount of money that she needs to get into a hostel for that evening so she thanks me and off down the street she goes what i don't notice is the man who owns the shop has been restocking the fruit and veg while this little exchange has been going on Mm. and as soon as she goes he starts having a go at me
1: really yes what does he say?
2: Like it's speculating on what she's going to do with the money. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start saying, oh, you don't know that. You don't know what other people's lives are like. It's tough. You know, nobody wants to be sitting out there d- doing that. You know, if you're doing that in the first place, then things probably aren't growing great with you. And he's going on and on and having a right old go at me for giving her £10. Mm-hmm. So now this has made a very awkward
1: situation for oh, me. Oh, of course. Yeah, very awkward. You don't want to so be displeasing I, him. No. But so you that, can't just start shunning her. No. Oh, no. You have to whisper and meet you around the back for the money. You'll like, <laughs> have to do it discreetly. Which is only then
2: going to fuel what he thinks is going on. Oh, God,
1: yeah. Yeah,
2: so, so that happened. Uh, another sort of neighbourhood thing that happened that I thought I would just mention is there's a cafe on our street called Esther's, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's really Great place, top-notch, mm. neighbourhood cafe, brilliant coffee and um, and and good food as well. And on a weekend, they do these scones, these savoury scones, cheese scones that I think about the whole week. Really? Uh, they open at 9 on a Saturday morning, at 10 in the, on a Sunday morning. And I will get there as close to opening time as possible because these things go. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and I'm in a really bad mood if I get there too late oh. and miss them. This week I was in there... Mm. And there was another woman just behind me in the queue. Yeah. And um, the the young woman who worked in the cafe said, "Oh, this this is the other." But she said to both of us, <gasps> "This is the other person who buys the scones."
1: Oh. So if you ever come in and they're all gone it's their fault so it's sometimes your fault yeah Yeah. so I
2: put a face to my scon nemesis
1: yes wow that
2: was a weird weird thing and did
1: you interact with her or was it just sh- well I didn't know how I wished
2: like some banter would yeah. then come into my mind yeah. but some people
1: would have it wouldn't they just like yeah. something, something banterous I
2: mean I did say so you're my scon nemesis <laughs> well
1: that's good that's good yeah okay well yeah, done okay, that's yeah. good.
2: So now I know what she looks like. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. You didn't information. follow her home or anything, no. I didn't. no just
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? There'd be no need for that.
2: <laughs> Start some kind of campaign of intimid- intimidation. No no, 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 So, so then. Um, so this young woman who, who works in the cafe, and I feel awful because I don't know her name. And it's because you you go in a place unless you ask somebody's name mm. the first time you see them. It's then weird to ask their name. Yeah, yeah. So if you've been talking to somebody and having some sort of polite small talk with them for months, you can't then go just out of interest. What's your name? No, it's strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she said to me, "Oh, I'm I'm uh, I'm leaving tomorrow. It's my last day." Okay. So. What do I say at that point? Oh. I say, oh, I'll make sure I pop in and say goodbye then. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah, but why? <laughs> why could it, say goodbye. Why couldn't I have just said, yeah. oh, good luck? Goodbye then. now. Yeah. So then I'd sort of make a point of going oh, in the no, next day. Oh, no. But then I sort of build it up too much in oh, my mind <laughs> that it's going to be this <laughs> occasional like, and And I worry about what I should say. Should I have some kind of speech oh, prepared about... What a great employee of the cafe <laughs> I go to. She's been and how I'll miss her and how I wish her luck in a future endeavours. So what did you What did you say? So I just go in the next day and go,
1: oh, today your last day then. And you, you bought something, please yeah, tell me. Yeah, okay, yeah, God, yeah. God, okay. I was
2: going to get a scone, but right, well. sold out. <laughs> um, you know, just say, so today your last day then. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Oh, you know, fine. Anyway,
1: good luck then. And you, didn't, and you didn't go, and by the way, what is your name? No, Good. no. <laughs> Well done, well done, well done.
0: Get with it, get with it, get with it, with, 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 get with it. Adrift, adrift, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle
2: Port. Right, quandary corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. These are some um, uh, rules, school, there were fools involved at some stage. I think we moved on from yeah. that. Okay, uh, so who's the first one from?
1: Okay, this is from Regal Duchess Laura. Uh, this does involve some adult content. <laughs> I keep warning that, but you know, some people might like to know beforehand so they could turn it up loud. <laughs> I have a conduit for you both. The problem is that I'm finding it particularly difficult and embarrassing to talk about this, let alone put it in writing. But I'll do my best. My husband and I live in a flat with our two daughters and have a great guy as a neighbour who is very relaxed. Also, when we completely renovated our flat last year and caused months of nuisance and noise, he never complained. And it's just very easy going. A quick profile, he got divorced a few years ago, has an eight-year-old daughter from that marriage and dated someone else for a few years but broke up with her some six months ago. Ever since he's been single, we've been seeing and especially hearing new voices moan very loudly on a very regular nightly basis. At first, we were just happy for him and thought that he was making the most of being single again. However, recently we've started suspecting that he may have built something like a porn studio in his bedroom, which incidentally is right next to my seven-year-old daughter’s bedroom, which we now no longer which because we now no longer hear the occasional moan coming from the bedroom doors, which, and this needs to be stressed, he keeps wide open during the act, but we hear a whole series of non-stop very loud noises for about 30 to 60 minutes. No exaggerating here, Whoa. Whoa. there is just no end to it. Because these moments of pleasure are no longer limited to the night when my daughters are fast asleep, but now to take place multiple times on Sunday mornings when my daughters are playing in the garden, I've stopped being happy for him and have in fact become rather annoyed with him. For me, this essentially means that I've been complaining about it to my husband and urged my daughters to come and play inside and have been slamming the back door passive aggressively whenever he's at it because, well, what else can I do? However... Last week, I was literally woken up by another very loud and very long performance. And then I did something I would never do had I been fully awake or conscious. In other words, when I'd had my usual drift to inhibitions. I grabbed my phone and typed the following text message and immediately sent it. I know that in a city there's not much room for privacy, and I'm sure that you hear us at it all the time. Sorry, I'm sure you hear us all the time. But we've recently become (laughs) a bit too aware of your lengthy sex sessions. Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) And she put it in uh, inverted commas. As an adult, I don't mind us as much, but I have to admit that I feel incredibly uncomfortable when my daughter, whose bedroom is next to yours, is woken up at night by your moaning. Would you mind just closing the door during the act itself? You can open it again afterwards. Thanks. I, of course, couldn't sleep after sending it because I was too afraid to see if he'd replied. When I checked my phone the next morning, it turned out that he had in fact replied very politely, apologised and was very nice about it and very understanding. The major problem is now that I can no longer face my neighbour. When I leave the house in the morning to take the kids to school or to work, I try to discover if he's already left. I almost ran into him in the supermarket the other day and immediately turned round and pretended I hadn't seen him. My rational non drifter husband reminds me that our neighbour is the one who should be embarrassed, and that his this intervention was necessary and long overdue. But what do I do now? I don't go into the garden anymore when I come home from work because our garden is right next to his and there's no proper fence between our gardens, just a few bushes. Please tell me how we can go from me discussing his sex life in far too much detail. Did I really have to spell it out like that? Sex sessions. To talking about the weather again. Thank you so much for your help. Help.
2: I mean, I think there's no going back.
1: I think it's just horrendous. Yeah, I mean... It's it's totally horrendous. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, this this is why you shouldn't really have anything but polite interactions with your neighbours. You shouldn't form forged friendships. It should just be, you know, hi, how are you? Oh, we're away next week. Would you just mind keeping an eye on her, at the house? Yeah. You know.
1: It is stop the problem though. Yes. But it's just created a new worse one. Yeah. That you can't leave her house or go in her garden. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any recommendations at all? I mean, obviously there's Move House, Yeah, I mean, Move
2: House would be my first instinct. You know, I say this as a sober person, but I I wonder if there's some kind of interaction where they could all have alcohol and somehow it gets discussed and then that just takes the... Break the ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking
1: for an icebreaker. Yes. That's the only two options, isn't it? Break the ice.
2: Or move house. So it's move house then. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah,
1: okay. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. (laughs) It's terrible, it's terrible. But I understand that moment of fury. Oh, God, yeah. And and then you don't even think when you press send, you force yourself just to do it straight away, and then the regrets after. Yes, yeah. Terrible, terrible. Okay. This quandary is, if there's someone sitting in my reserved seat on the train, should I say something, or should I stand up for my three-hour journey, or until they leave?
2: Even if you are absolutely certain that it is your seat, mm-hmm. you're looking at the number of the seat and you're looking at the ticket. Mm-hmm. The way you have to phrase it is, uh, oh, I think you might be sitting in my seat.
1: I think you might be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. There's no alternative. You couldn't yeah. possibly say you're sitting in my yeah. seat. No, no. And,
2: and there has to be something in your tone of voice that implies that it's the system that is at fault, not mm-hmm. just somebody flagrantly Breaking the rules,
1: yeah, the, or, which it is. Some, something. Something's happened against their world that's made them make this mistake. Yes, nothing yeah. to do with them. Yeah,
2: which has happened to me before now. Like I've got a bit disorientated, mm. you know, especially on planes. Actually, where the row numbers don't are always. Or often a little bit skew wiffy compared to where the tops of the seats are. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so
1: that takes some bravery, though, even to say that. Even to say, I think you oh, might. Oh no! Be.
2: Well, it depends how much you like sitting down, and I, mm. I just love it. Mm, I mean, I mm. just can't. I, I just want to always be sat down. Really. Well, I think that's
1: your answer. Then you force yourself to say, "I think you, I I, think you I, might th- be." I, th- I think. I think um,
2: I'm so sorry. I think
1: you might be sitting in It's this my seat. fault. Yeah, yeah. Someone else's fault. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, make it as your fault. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's my fault. I didn't get on quick enough. Yeah. I don't know. Something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah Something
2: yeah. like that. Well, those we rattle through those quickly. Yeah, this week, didn't is, we do. Yeah. We If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> Our podcast, thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't already. That being contingent on a five star rating and a positive review, Man and the Echo have a new album out. You should get it, they're fantastic, and they're going to be supporting Divine Comedy on tour. That's a treat. I mean, Divine Comedy, fantastic band, and you get to see Man and the Echo too and their new album. Really good. Uh, So, thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music. Also, thanks to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers. And, uh, and made our little jingles Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu they plugged it all in and provided technical support I should really have called them when we had that technical issue <laughs> the other week instead of just googling it and watching yeah. a YouTube video yeah. uh, Carla Gallup took the photos Kim Rainey um, made our artwork thank you to everyone, thank you to you for listening we really appreciate it we're going to be off now for a couple of weeks but if you support us on Patreon you'll be able to get that live episode during the little interregnum And I think that's everything, so uh, okay, I'll, uh, I'll inform maintenance.
0: Adrift. Adrift.
2: Podication time, Annabelle, from Dan Marks, who says, I would like to podicate an early September adrift if that works with you. It does work with us, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it works yeah. very well, yeah. uh, The background, my wife, wife Monique is from New Zealand and we met in December 2002, almost the moment before she was planning to return home from her UK adventure to the bosom of her family, the comely bosom. But unfortunately for me, uh, she met me... Sorry, unfortunately for her. <laughs> good for you, <laughs> uh, Dan. Uh, unfortunately for her... She met me at a shared company Christmas party and for some reason she's stuck around since then. We met Annabelle a year ago at the Onestead Festival book reading. Mm. You may remember us as the once local couple reliving our E11 courting days.
1: I do remember you very well, yes.
2: I was living in South Woodford when I met Mon and um, she was way down in Wimbledon, way on down. But when we had our first conversation at that party, she mentioned she was soon moving to somewhere in East London called Snaresbrook. God. Had I ever heard of it? Well, that was that sorted. Regardless <laughs> of anything else, uh, she was going to live five minutes from me. And the thing I think secured the deal. I had a car, not just any car, but a convertible and everything. A convertible and everything. I was oh. so undrift like back then. I was offering her a chance to fulfil every girl's dream, swanking up and down Wanstead High Street, George Lane and Herman Hill like a fricking movie star. In reality, she seemed to like me just for me and told me my car sounded like a demented bumblebee, Mm. which obviously I never took personally and don't mention at all 16 and a half years later. (laughs) We did indeed court around this bit of East London. She left Snaresbrook to move into my flat and we were married in Wellington, Uh, a few years later in 2008. Moving forward a number of years, we have two kids, and although we're now firmly cemented a bit further out in actual Essex, we we do still go to New Zealand as often as savings and credit cards will allow. If we go at Christmas, then I can take two weeks off and go along with. But if, like this year, they go in August to take advantage of the school holidays, then I stay at home and work and the three of them go without me. When the kids were little, it was a nice break from being a dad. I could take the opportunity to catch up on months and months and months worth of lost sleep mm-hmm. and box sets. I can also do dad things like turn off every plug from the mains except for devices I'm actually using. <laughs> I can put the bike my bicycle in the hallway rather than in a storagey place. <laughs> I can play sweary video games into the night and not have to wear headphones. I can load the dishwasher in a logical manner <laughs> with the four main cutlery types being grouped together for ease of putting away. But as I said. <laughs> (laughs) Where I used to enjoy the little holiday, I now find the house horribly empty and miss having these noisy, messy dishwasher protocol ignoring people around me. Mon and I both listen to Adrift, but as the kids' routines have changed, we found ourselves having less opportunity to listen to the podcast together. I'm not sure what specifically changed, that we don't get the opportunity to listen together, but whatever that is meant that on the last day of July, when they went off on their adventure, we got as far as the February episodes. Mon always reminded me that the Adrift backlog was the nuts for winter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's nice. But the winter had come and gone and we were still nowhere near being up to date. Once they had left, the silence in the house was driving me mad. Usually I play music wherever I am, in the bathroom first thing, in the kitchen while making meals, in the car on the tube. For some reason, I wasn't enjoying it as much as usual and found that the spoken word was the only thing keeping me level-headed during this time. I do listen to some other podcasts, too, all about comic book movies and popular culture, a couple of cycling ones, and uh, that football one featuring Mr Baker, the former owner of the Chocolate Factory, Jeff is... Caretaking, on, only for another couple of weeks mm. though. I think Danny's football podcast is very good from what I hear, mm. but obviously not for me. No, but I do think he is. Uh, he's he's bringing uh, the the treehouse style show back to podcasts, oh. so there's something to be excited about. I also started on Jess' recommendation of the uh, Atomic Hobo today, and instantly knew it would keep me entertained for the foreseeable. I had her on the radio recently; she yeah. was brilliant. However, it is surprisingly easy to burn through them at the rate of a few per day, so I got the blessing to dip into the winter stores on my own. Of course, the day was going to come when the backlog... Uh, had been consumed, and I finally catch up. And today, 20th of August, that's happened. I've heard the pencils come and go. I've heard the live show come and go. I've heard the tour de Snaresbrook not really coming, certainly not go. (laughs) It's happening, though. It's happening. I've heard Sarah's head and Eugene's leg issues come and go. God, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? Yeah, busy. And now I'm waiting with bated breath to see what happens with the badges, with or without velvet cushions. (laughs) There's an episode tomorrow and it'll be quite bizarre for the first time in over a year to hear a new one that is genuinely new Meanwhile, the family reappear at Heathrow on Friday the 30th I can't wait, I'm strangely sentimental and unsentimental as a person and missing them as much as I have has come a a bit of a shock I'll be happy when it's all over and it'd be great if I could podicate the first or second adrift after their return to both of them Monique, Xander and Tilly Great names, great names Uh, and also to Jeff and Annabelle for keeping me company these last few horribly quiet weeks. Dan, I want to recommend a song for you. It's by Jeffrey Lewis and the Junkyard, or maybe just Jeffrey Lewis. He calls his backing band all number of th- many number, any number of things, and sometimes nothing at all. But it's called "Out of Town" or "She's Out of Town," and I think it very aptly has uh, would describe your predicament in recent weeks it's really good and he is brilliant i think you know he's one for drifters to get into we'll talk about him another time but there we go wise master danmarks uh thank you for i mean th- th- thank you for rattling your way through the the winter store of nuts yeah you must be sick of the sound of our voices nice. so i'll keep this keep this short but monique Xander, and tilly welcome back unsentimental Dan turns out he's not so unsentimental after all and that is the latest of the podcasts if you'd like a publication email us hello at adriftpodcast.com
0: hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince.